Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lupus LA Your Story, Our Fight podcast, brought to you by our good friends at GSK. Speaking of good friends, I am super excited to welcome today Nancy Utley. Uh, Nancy, you have the distinguished uh, position as being our first board member at Lupus LA being interviewed. But more than that, um, you just finished your run as chairman of Searchlight Pictures. You've had over 120 Golden Globes, over 159 Oscars uh, with movies like 12 Years a Slave and Birdman and Nomadland and Slumdog Millionaire. And the list is, you know, the list is incredible. And um, all the while, uh, underneath it all, you're a lupus patient. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And hello to everybody who's watching or listening. I have to point out that those were nominations, not Statues. Nominations, got it. Okay, but there's a lot of statues in there too, right? There, there's a there, there's a lot of statues in there, and and I uh, I think um, you know you have one of the most stellar careers in Hollywood history, and the movies you pick are incredible. And you know, personally, you're a real inspiration and a mentor to me, um, especially from the lupus perspective. I think. Um, why don't we start? I always want to start with sort of how you were diagnosed and and how that came to be. Yeah, I was diagnosed in 1991, and um, I had just given birth six months earlier to my daughter Hannah, and we went on Hawaii. We went to Hawaii for a vacation at like the six month mark, and shortly after we got home from there, I woke up and it was just. I didn't have any symptoms going to bed. And I woke up walking like Frankenstein. I couldn't move my joints, hands, legs, feet, arms. It was just like staggering around. It was so acute and so noticeable. So I went to my um, general practitioner with, I had in hand my own diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis, which I had gotten from medical books that I had. Um, There was no internet at the time. So you were just kind of flying by blind. And I used to have these big like Merck manuals that I would consult. So he thought my diagnosis might be right or might not be right, but why not leave it to a rheumatologist to find out? So I was lucky to be sent directly to Dr. Daniel Wallace, one of the best rheumatologists in the world. Um, straight off the bat. And he made my diagnosis pretty quickly. Um, I went on a bunch of prednisone at the beginning just to get things calmed down. And then over the decades, Dr. Wallace and I have worked together um, to find medicines that can keep me on track and have me consuming the least amount of steroids. That's that's a super fast diagnosis, especially to be fortunate enough to end up with Dr. Wallace, who, you know, can really, I, I would imagine you think that that makes a huge difference in kind of your overall, um, you know, treatment and symptoms and, and progress. With yeah. I mean, I feel so lucky in a way it's not lucky to get, a you know, chronic disease, but I'm lucky to be in such great hands. And I know that so many people don't have access to, you know, they may not be in big urban cities. They may not have great health insurance. They may not have access to the best doctors. So I'm acutely aware of that. And that's one of the reasons I've spoken about my lupus over the years. I I have some friends with other conditions who 
really value their privacy greatly and don't want anybody to know what's going on with them. And I understand that. I get it. And I know you don't want people to look at you in a certain way or as a victim. But I also thought because it's so important for people to have knowledge and information, like anything I could do to help somebody else would be worth whatever, um, giving up my own kind of privacy along the way. Yeah, no, I, I mean, we have a lot of the similarities in that story. And I think, I mean, I remember when we started Lupus LA in 1999, you were one of the first people I sat down with. Um, and, you know, you at the time you were in the marketing side of the business. And to me, you know, having grown up in an advertising family through my dad, that to me was sort of the key factor that Lupus had been missing. Um, is that nobody was marketing it and nobody was um, sharing stories and getting people to understand what it was. And I think your advice and guidance along the way has been really, really helpful in that department. And I wonder um, where in, so in your career, where were you when you were diagnosed? What stage was that? Um, I guess I was kind of mid-career. Um, so I was at 20th Century Fox, what we called Big Fox, working on movies like Independence Day and Mrs. Doubtfire and those in the marketing department. Um, so I think I was probably a, a VP or senior VP by that time. And, and how did that diagnosis sort of change your path or did it change your path at all or did it just make you more focused and determined? Well, I was kind of scared and there was a scarcity of knowledge at the time. And one thing now is, you know, there's just so much information available to patients and to myself that wasn't there before. So I felt a little bit in the dark. One of the manuals my friends and I had had kind of a low five-year life expectancy for lupus because it was very old data that was still in the book. So I didn't know what to expect, but my nature is just to plow through things for better or worse. So we just like slapped some medicine on it and I kept on going. And um, I've been fortunate not to lose a lot of time to work to lupus. There's been, sometimes I've had to sit out on the sidelines of things. I missed the Sundance Film Festival in 2019, for example, because I was too sick to go. But uh, in general, I've been able to be patched up well enough to keep on going. Were you pretty open when you were first diagnosed with your bosses? Um, I don't think so. I don't remember. Honestly, it was like over 30 years ago. But probably not with my bosses, but with my friends, I immediately wanted support and, um, you know, wanted people to know what was going on with me, especially since, as we always talk about, lupus isn't visible, except when you're in such bad shape that you're walking like Frankenstein. But in general, people don't know how you feel. So I think it's good to give them some clues. We look a lot and we talk a lot of, to a lot of people who have very different work experiences. And I wonder if your lupus made, did you make choices in your career along the way based on your diagnosis or, you know, did, did one guide the other one way, you know, one way or the other? I never, um, I don't really think so. Maybe it should. Have. I, I didn't ever really slow down or 
take a different track. I just tried to keep on going. And um, I've been aware that for me and probably for everyone, stress can be a trigger to make lupus worse and to cause flares to happen. And um, I, you know, maybe not the best at stress management. At certain points, my job seemed very stressful to me, not stressful in the sense of like, being an ER nurse or something like that, but stressful in a, in a corporate world, especially in campaigns to try to win awards or to win best picture. It seems like there's a crisis every second. And, you know, I've, I'm kind of a failed person at some stress management techniques. I'm a, I have every meditation app on in the world and I, you know, I still would like to make that work, but I haven't yet. Um, I've tried like yoga and stuff and it's like, I kind of like it, but I've never really stuck to it. So the things, I think I have three things that have worked for me and they're just my own version of that stuff, which is exercising, reading and needle pointing. So when I first got diagnosed, I asked Dr. Wallace about exercise and he said at the time, like the worst thing you could do is run a marathon and like kill your body, just stress your body to the max. But the second worst thing you can do is nothing. So I've tried to keep my body moving and I notice, you know, the endorphins and just feeling like I'm accomplishing something to me, that's really important to keep up, even if it's not, you know, like super athlete type. Um, right now I have a Peloton bike and I really love it. Um, and I notice when I'm when I'm reading, going off into another world, which is handy because I have to read a lot of my job too. Um, or when I'm doing needlepoint, I'll all of a sudden I'll look up and two hours have gone by, and I'm not thinking about my to-do list. I'm really trying to get this stitch right. Or I do a lot of crossword puzzles too. I love to try to do crossword puzzles. So I think when you're in that zone, you're not thinking about the other garbage around you. So. Those are my personal stress management. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I had a hard time, um, you know, a million people over the years have said meditate or acupuncture or, you know, and, and each one sort of works for a little bit. And then it's really hard to maintain that. I think a lot of people struggle with that too, but I think you're right. Anything that can really distract the mind, because I think the mind in lupus, especially, um, can be so it, it can really accentuate and accelerate whatever the small seed of a medical issue is. Um, I mean, that's at least in my case, that's, that's happened a lot, you know, especially the anxiety part and the stress and um, you know, especially I think you and I both had lupus for a very long time. So immediately, you know, if my thumb hurts, I think, all right, you know, this is it. They're going to have to cut off my hand and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think really that mindfulness that when I first moved to California in the, the mid late nineties, it was like, Oh, California and the mindfulness. And now it's really, it's just such a part of everyday life for people. Um, which I hope is really helpful for a lot of, a lot of lupus patients. I'm the same way. I have a doomsday scenario outlook on life, which is, I think it's terrible, but, and I've read books about how to get rid of it and stuff. <laughs> it, it's just, my mind goes to the worst case scenario all the time. And I think in business that may have helped me because I could anticipate danger and head it off, but it's being in the like flight or 
fight mode all the time is not a good way to live. Yeah, no, it's not. And it's, but it's, it's, I think it's very common for lupus patients for sure. Um, and, and also part of it is that you're not always wrong and, that, you know, you're not always like, oh, it's another false alarm. I mean, sometimes the alarm is real and, you know, I've had a few situations where they said, oh, well, thank God you've come in because now we can fix this problem. Whereas, you know, so a little bit of paranoia may actually be healthy. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Lupus LA keeps patients informed by having three annual latest on lupus patient conferences each year. Our annual patient conferences feature the best and brightest speakers in the field of lupus research and care. Visit our website at lupusla.org. Welcome back. We're talking to Nancy Utley today all about, uh, we just finished talking about stress and coping techniques. Tell me about incorporating what you've sort of learned from having lupus into your work, you know, into, you know, what have you brought to, to the movies, to the actors, to the talent that you work with that you think uh, has been a part of sort of your mark on, on your projects? Well, having lupus has probably made me a more compassionate person because I can understand when people don't feel up to a certain task or, you know, um, I used to be super impatient, you know, when people couldn't do what I could do and, or couldn't put in the effort I could put in, in certain projects. And then when I became the person who maybe at a certain time couldn't put in that effort, I think it builds empathy and movies to me are all about, and television and all of the media are about showing you different people's lives so you can walk in their shoes for a little bit and feel like what it's like to be them and, and maybe take some takeaways for yourself on how to act. So probably it's made me a little more humble and, and empathetic and not trying to be, you know, superwoman every second of the day. Were there any movies that you did that you worked on that you went, Oh, you know, I can take this piece of information that I'm learning from, from these people, from, you know, whether it's Reese Witherspoon's character in Wild, or is there something that you go, wow, I really learned so much about this. This is going to help me manage my lupus going into the future. I don't think I've I know, ever there's really a lot, there's thought a lot of movies. <laughs> I never really thought about it in those terms. I think for me, it was more like um, less about plots and stuff as, as far as relating to people who are in the company or people that are filmmakers that I'm, that I'm working with who, you know, some, uh, some people in entertainment definitely have issues surrounding anxiety or panic or um, stage fright or things like that. And I think um, I'm better equipped to understand some of those things after having some challenges myself. Mm -hmm. Sure. I, I know you do a lot of mentoring and um, I know that's really important to you. Um, if you were to mentor somebody who just recently was diagnosed with lupus, what do you think are the things that are most important for them to learn? Well, first of all, two of the women that I've mentored over the years are lupus patients. One of them, I was matched specifically because of that. Um, her name is Carla, and she was matched with me through a program with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and the Hollywood Reporter 
years ago. She was still in high school and now she's out of college and working. But I was the first person she'd ever met who had lupus beside herself. So for her to just see somebody who was in a career functioning had, you know, it, it, I think it made her feel like there were more possibilities than she was aware of. And this other woman, Dora, I met, she has lupus too. I met her through a program through the Motion Picture Academy. Her lupus has been much more dramatic and involved than mine, including missing a lot of school and, you know, all kinds of symptoms. So um, that also gave me some firsthand knowledge about um, the different ways lupus can be with different people and the severity that it can cause for certain patients. Um, for someone newly diagnosed, you know, I would say that it's good to do as much research as you can and be your own advocate. Even if you have the best doctor in the world, it's good to understand what those results mean and um, what it means for you. And I think the old fashioned idea of delegating that to the doctor and not really being involved in just doing what you're told really, it doesn't serve anybody. And with the wealth of knowledge there is available now, why not um, take hold of it? That's one of my favorite things about Lupus LA is how the patient services and sort of the hands-on stuff is being done. And now, as we learn through the pandemic, that can be done through Zoom or Facebook Live or other mechanisms. So um, patients can be surrounded by a community, not only in their city, but all over the world that are dealing with the same issues, same insurance hassles, the same pains, the same discomfort, same lack of support sometimes. And so just surrounding yourself with that community and letting that community help you, I think is a great idea. Yeah, no, I, I think I should tell everybody you had a big hand in creating our global symposium that Lupus LA just had uh, a few months ago, which I think has probably been our most um, well-regarded piece of programming we've ever done. And we had doctors from all over the world. And, and I think your vision there was really important to, to sort of stretching us a little bit. You know, I, I, when I came into Lupus LA, my, I wanted to stretch beyond kind of the couch full of let's plan an event to raise a little money for research and think bigger. And then, you know, you really reminded me of that. And, and I think now with the pandemic, you're right, we're reaching people all over the world. And it's just uh, thrilling to watch those, like the Facebook live ones where people are, are writing in real time and like all these emojis are flying up the screen and you realize people are in Brazil or Europe or Las Vegas or, you know, anywhere. It's just um, really nice to see bond people bonded together around a common issue. Yeah. I think, and I think people are really learning from each other, I think. And that's, that's part of it. You're not always going to learn everything from the doctors. And I think you're right. It's about sharing and, and, um, and not panicking when you read some of the stuff on Google, but it's about really taking it in and making it part of your, your story. Um, so one of the things that we've worked together on is really helping to put celebrity faces in front of lupus. And, you know, I know that's all part of the marketing and uh, people always ask me sort of like, well, why do you care if these celebrities participate? And, you know, I mean, it, you know, you're up on my wall of fame here somewhere right up here, but, uh, you know, and, and, it, but I think it, I think it's really important. And I think um, I'd love you to talk a little bit about 
what the results are and what what we've done and 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 how how that you think that's helped the lupus cause well it's all about awareness first of all when i was first diagnosed no one knew including myself had barely heard or had ever heard of lupus didn't have any idea what it was or if you think about it you think of the rash and that's all that you know um and so every time it's like with a movie anytime you can get a well-known person or a person with a lot of followers to talk up a cause or to even say the word it just um you know and i've noticed in recent years lupus has been put in storylines of television shows or medical shows and things like that and all of that is really important because it's hard to raise money for research for a disease that doesn't touch as many people as you know something like cancer or other things that are that are larger in scope but it's still just important to the just as important to the people who have it so awareness is vital to get um you know anybody to care mm-hmm. for sure you know i i think that's it's any and people don't it doesn't translate one to one necessarily but you see it down the road you hear we hear these stories all the time like oh i you know I, I saw Michael B. Jordan at your event and that made me call my doctor. And, you know, so even if it, yes, it's awareness for the masses, but it's, I also see it in the one-to-one, uh, you know, Tony Braxton, I think has inspired so many people to say to their doctor, you know, do I have lupus? And, um, you know, we'll never be able to count that, but I think it's, it's really important. And, and having people work with us that have access has really been so, so important too. Um, especially since, you know, we're in the backyard of Hollywood and, and I felt like that was an obligation that we had, um, you know, so I know you've just, you just sort of finished one chapter of your career. How has, how has the, the couple months off here, uh, have you been healthier or not as healthy? Yeah. yeah. So I love my time at Searchlight. I love the people there. I, you know, Disney was great to us when, uh, they took over from Fox, but I have to say, since I have left that job, my blood pressure's down, my weight's down, my sleeping's better. Like everything is just better because I don't have that constant anxiety and stress about that one particular thing. Um, so it was that a tough decision. Did you, did you worry that when I don't have this driver that, that maybe it would be the opposite I really didn't. My husband was very worried about that. He said, um, you know, you're going to really miss going to all these events, which right now don't exist anyway. He said, you're going to really miss people asking your opinion of something. You're going to really miss, you know, just being in the thick of it. And I, I really think I had done that particular version of, of uh, being an executive for a very, very long time, like 40 something years. And it was, um, it was time to move on from that for me. And I have no, I don't, I was very stressed about it before it happened, thinking, how's this going to go? What's the perception going to be, you know, and now I just feel great. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Of course. Good luck to everyone and stay healthy. On behalf of the entire team at Lupus LA, we thank you for joining the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. Please tune in, spread the word, and come back for more inspiring lupus stories. I'm your host, Adam Selkowitz, wishing you good health, 
And to always remember, your story is our fight. <laughs>